Hot sauce. Hot sauce. We're hot. We're hot. Before I get into today's message, uh, yes, the message is entitled Hot Sauce, and uh, we're going to have an awesome time with this. We're talking about not your average tongues of fire here. You know, some like Frank's Red Hot, some like it hot, some like it hotter than hot. But above and beyond all of that is the tongues of fire that we know as the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So that's where we're going with this sermon series. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Before I get into my message, I just want to say, I want to speak to, to uh, some current events. I want, to, I want to remind you that the most frequently uh, given command in the Bible is do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. No matter what comes against you, no matter what comes upon you, no matter what you're facing, no matter what trial there is in your life, the most important thing that you have to remember is that you do not fear. Where is our hope? Where is our trust? My hope and my trust is not in man and in what, not in what man can do. My hope and my trust relies and is placed in God and in God alone. If God be for me, who can be against me? What, what, of what can I fear? What can man do to me? What can they do? There's nothing that they can do. We have to come to a place where we do not fear. Why is this the most frequently command ever given in the whole Bible? Because God knew, our, knew how he made us. And he knew the emotions that he put into us. And he knew that we were creatures that were going to fear. And that when fear comes on us, we will no longer walk in the ways that he's called us to walk. So we have to shake off fear. We have to speak to fear and tell it to leave. We need to rebuke fear out of our life. Come on. Fear right now. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no right in my mind. Get out in Jesus' name. All right. Glory to God. These are not your average tongues of fire. Glory to God. Hot sauce. Uh, we're going to touch on hot sauce a little bit throughout the sermon series. We just thought it'd be cool and fun, something to... We thought we have a, a demonstration that we're working on. We're not bringing it this week. We'll, we'll see where that goes. The, today's message is entitled, Engaging the Holy Spirit. Engaging the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be a people who engage the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We just sang that song, Spirit, come rest on us. Holy Spirit, come rest upon us. Do we understand what we're asking? Do we understand who, what we're asking? Do we understand who the Holy Spirit is? Two, how many of you have heard of, of the Holy Spirit referred to as this, right? The third person in the Trinity, which is true, right? But being the third person, we're like, oh, well, he's not in charge. Well, that's not true. You have a misunderstanding. We can't misunderstand. Guys, watch, be careful. This is why, this is, this is why we're bringing the sermons. We cannot misunderstand who the Holy Spirit is. Just because he's the Holy Spirit and he's the third person in the Trinity doesn't mean that he's any less significant or less important, or less reverent, or less fearful than the Father or the Son. One God existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, this charges me up, and now I've got to go back and read my Bible again. I'm like, okay, so when Moses stood on the mountain, God said he was going to hide him in the cleft of the rock, and then he was going to pass by, and you can only see my bagpipes, for no man shall see my face and, and live because, you know, it just can't happen. And so I'm thinking like, okay, was that, the, was that God the Father passing by Moses, or was that the Holy Spirit, or was that the Son pre-incarnate? And now I've got to go back and read my Bible again. I've got to know these things. I want to know. I mean, does it matter? It doesn't matter. 
but I want to know. If we were to talk about standing before God the Father, seated on his throne in heaven, fear just went right through your body, right? You thought about that as I mentioned it, and you're like, oh, dear Lord Jesus. You took a step back in your spirit. You're like, oh, I do not know. No, thank you. When we talk about God the Son, when we talk about Jesus, we're like, oh, I just want to give him a hug, right? He's the, he's the, he's the warm one. He's, the, he's like me. He's human, right? He's got human form. I just want to give Jesus a hug. When we talk about the, the, the Holy Spirit, we're like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. What? what? Spirit is kind of like, Right? So we could just break this down. He's spirit, which means that he has no physical form as we know as a human physical form. He's spirit. He's a spirit. There's good things about being a spirit. He's holy. He's holy. He's as holy as God. He is holy, holy, holy. The Holy Spirit is holy, holy, holy. Just like God the Father. Same Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. There's only one. And he's everywhere, all, always at the same time. Frightening. Benny Hinn had a book, has a book out. It was his first book. And it says this. The, name, the title of the book is this. It's Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Good Morning, Holy Spirit. How many, how many of us talk to and ask of the Holy Spirit? How many of us greet the Holy Spirit? How many of us are aware, how aware are we of the Holy Spirit around us and moving in our midst? How aware are we? We need to understand, we need to be able to recognize when the Holy Spirit's around. We need to understand and recognize when the Holy Spirit has left. This is very important. It's almost, it's probably more important to know when the Holy Spirit has departed than when he has arrived. Anybody is going to recognize when he's arrived, but you've got, to, you've got to know when he leaves. We need to broaden our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. We need to broaden our understanding of how the Holy Spirit works. We need to broaden our understanding of what the Holy Spirit likes, what the Holy Spirit dislikes, what the Holy Spirit is attracted to. What's he attracted to? What attracts the Holy Spirit? What will get the Holy Spirit's attention? Did you know that we can get the Holy Spirit's attention? Song of Solomon, it says, with one look, the, the bridegroom speaking to the bride, it's a metaphor of Jesus speaking to us, says, with one look of your eye, I am undone. Turn your eyes from me, for I am overcome. The Holy Spirit can be overcome by our desire. What attracts the Holy Spirit? Are you attracting, are you doing everything within your power to attract the Holy Spirit in your life, in your ministry, in you walking out these doors? He's not just somebody that comes here on a Sunday morning and rests within this building. He goes out with you everywhere you go, everywhere you go, everywhere you go. The scriptures tell us not to quench the Holy Spirit, quench, put out a fire, not to stop the Holy Spirit, right? So we can, we, this, these are things that we can do. How do we do this? How do we quench the Holy Spirit? We need to understand that. We, it tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit can be grieved by what we do. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? These are things that we need to understand all of this. We need to search it out. We need to find it out. 
Pastor Matt, you need to tell us. And I can. You know, have you ever baked a loaf of bread? My wife bakes bread. It's fantastic. And, you know, you can buy bread. You can go to the store. You can go to, what's the place? Bountiful Bread. What's the place that Pastor Tom likes? Parekas. You can go to all these places and you can buy bread and it's good. But have you ever had homemade bread or bread that you made yourself and it turned out fantastic? Listen, there's no, other, there's no better bread in all the world. My wife makes this bread. It's a multi-grain gluten-free bread that she makes in this bowl and it just comes out and it's like artesian style. It's just like, good God. It's the manna. It's the manna that's written of in, in Exodus. It's that good. Scratch all those other ones. I didn't make it, but she made it, and I saw her make it. It's just, it. so when I feed you something, here, there, here's, here's, eat this, it's good, but when you make it, when you've discovered it, oh, it tastes so much sweeter. This is why, you know, I'll tell you something, and you'll tell your friend, you're like, well, Pastor Matt said this, but when you've discovered it, you're like, you know, I was reading in the Word, and it's sad, and you, man, there's, you, suddenly there's like the... It's, it's 10 times greater. Why? Because you found it. Because you baked it. Glory to God. All right, let's go. But now, I want, but now Jesus, here's Jesus. John, uh, between John chapter 15 and John chapter 17, Jesus speaks of and mentions to his disciples about six or eight times the Holy Spirit. He keeps talking about the Holy Spirit. And so he start, uh, he, we're jumping in right in the middle uh, just because that's where I wanted to jump in. Uh, it, this is the part that I want to talk about today. It says, but now, Jesus says to his disciples, but now I go away to him who sent me. But now, Jesus says, now I go away to him who sent me, the Father. And none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you. Nevertheless, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. All right, so working from the bottom up, right? What do we know? We know that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. The word, the word here, the, the helper, it's a, it's a name of the Holy Spirit. So if I don't go, I can't send him to you. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. The, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, but he's sent by the Son. It's interesting. The name there, helper, is better translated paraclete, and there's a whole bunch of names that goes along with this. What does it mean? Why, you know, and then he says, you know what? It's to your advantage that I, that I go and that he come. It's to your advantage that I step off the platform right now and I have Ariana come up and share something. There's going to be a switch. There's going to be a change. But Pastor Matt, I like the way you preach. Yeah, but you're going to like her better. You're going you're gonna to like this even better. It's to your advantage. You're going to be better off because I'm out of here. You're going to be better off because I'm going away. So how is it better? 
Jesus as a human being, Jesus when he walked on the earth, Jesus as the son of God, son of man, as he walked the earth, he was in human form. He had human limitations. He had the human limitation that Jesus could only be in one place at one time. He could only be in one place at one time. When Jesus came and walked the earth, everyone who came to Jesus was healed. The Bible tells us this over and over and over again. Everyone who came to Jesus was healed. But everybody on the planet wasn't healed because everyone on the planet didn't come to Jesus. If Jesus had the ability of the Holy Spirit, uh-oh, watch it. If Jesus had the ability of the Holy Spirit to be able to go to every single person on the planet, then every single person on the planet had the ability to be healed. Wow. And now we have that ability because the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit has come, and the Holy Spirit can go to every single person on the planet at the same time. You can go into your prayer closet, and you can have the Holy Spirit, and you can go into the prayer closet at the same time, and you can have the Holy Spirit, and I can go to the coffee shop down the street, and I can have the Holy Spirit. You can go to the grocery store, and you can have the Holy Spirit. You can go to work, and you can have the Holy Spirit, and every place you go, you can have the Holy Spirit every single time you go because it's the Holy Spirit, and he's everywhere all the time, and he knows everything. You know, when we start to talk about some of these uh, attributes of God that are beyond our thinking, we start to talk about what it is to be the Holy Spirit. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. It means everywhere is always at the same time. He is... Wait a minute. My head is starting to hurt. I know. It's because we're trying to understand something that's supernatural in the natural. It's really difficult, but we, we press on couple of names of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Counselor, the Advocate, the Helper, the Comforter, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Holiness, the Spirit of Life, the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Adoption, the Eternal Spirit. This is not a complete list by, at all. And so we see, let me catch my breath. Man. I don't know why I'm out of breath. I ran five times this week. That's like a record. The, the Spirit of God, it says in Genesis, it says, God, God uh, says in the beginning the earth was uh, void and formless, and it says that the Spirit of God was over the waters. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord came and it rested upon many different people throughout the Bible. Elijah, Elisha, David. We can all through Judges. Moses, Joshua, all these different people, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon them. The Spirit of holiness in the New Testament, the Spirit of truth, New Testament, we're going to read that in just a minute in John. The, the counselor, the advocate, the helper, we just read that, the comforter. And he has all of these functions. He is the Spirit of truth, and he will teach you all truth. He is the great counselor, and he will counsel you in everything that you need to understand. He is the advocate, and he fights for you. He is the helper. He comes to help. God help. He comes to help. Holy Spirit comes to help. He's the helper. When you, have, when you are in trouble and you are in times of need, he helps. He is the comforter. He comes to comfort. When you are mourning, you bring, him, you bring God your mourning, and he comes and he comforts you. It's the Holy Spirit who comes and comforts you. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of the eternal Spirit. The, the person 
of the Godhead of the Trinity that we are most often going to experience and encounter in our life is going to be the Holy Spirit. If you have felt the presence of, the, of God in the room this morning, you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you go into your prayer closet and pray, you pray to your Father who is in heaven, and He'll speak back to you through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So all three of them hear us, and it's the Holy Spirit who speaks back. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes upon you for ministry to give you power, to do the things that God has called you to do. The Holy Spirit is the one on the inside of you, working and willing and working for His good pleasure, that you might be sanctified, that you might be this new thing, this, that you might be this new creation. That's the Holy Spirit. Number one person of the Godhead that you're going to encounter? Holy Spirit. I've heard stories. I don't know if these are true, but they're fun. I was talking to a friend, and he was in a large meeting, about 5,000 people, I think he said, in Brazil, and Jesus walked in the building, walked in the back door, came in the back door, <laughs> upper right, because it was like an auditorium, and when Jesus walked in the room, people went out wholesale. You know how people fall down the spirit? People just fell, and a lot of them just fell forward, and he's, he says, he, you know, my friend, he's not the kind of a guy that goes down the Holy Spirit and is like, you know, if you're going to push me, I'm going to push you back. You know, he's not going to go down unless it's, it's authentic, unless it's real. And so he went down the Holy Spirit, and then he couldn't get up. He, this is, he's a big guy, strong guy, and he could not, with all of his might, he could not get up off the floor. Was that really Jesus walking into the room? I don't know. Brings a whole new definition to every knee shall bow, right? Whether you want to or not. Face plant. See ya. <laughs> These are fun stories. I don't know. There's a, there's, an, uh, there's, a, there's a moment of time where maybe he did see Jesus in the flesh. He said all, he had all he could do. He's laying on the floor. He said he had all he could do to just, all of his strength, just to turn his head, just to see the form of God walking from the back to the front and then exit out the side. All of his strength just to be able to turn his head, just to be able to catch a glimpse. Love it. Different symbols that the Bible uses for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often referred to as wind, fire, water, dove, a seal, oil. We read on the day of Pentecost, Jesus in John chapter 3 says, The wind blows from here and the wind blows to there and you don't see where it comes from and it doesn't, you don't see where it goes. And the Holy Spirit is the same way. Jesus said this in, in chapter 3. In Acts 2, when the, when the disciples are in the upper room, it says, a rushing wind entered the place and cloven tongues of fire, the next one, fire rested upon people's heads. Fire, fire, wind, fire. These are different symbols that we see in the Holy Spirit or in the Bible of the Holy Spirit. Water in John chapter 4. You, how many of you watched The Chosen? I just got through season one. And I love how, you know, you can just watch and you're just like, oh, that's John chapter 3. Look, this is where he meets with Nicodemus. This is John chapter 3. Then he's meeting with the Samaritan woman at the well. I'm like, oh, this is John chapter 4. Let me go back and read, read John chapter 4. How close was he? Oh, he's, I know he said that. And so this is what I do. I get pumped when I watch stuff like that. Good stuff. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew who it was who asked you of water, you would ask him for water and he would give you living water and you would never thirst again. Where do I get this living water? It will bubble up in you and it'll be a stream that flows out of you 
That's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to flow out of you. That's the living water that's flowing out of you. It's the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens were torn open. It says parted. The word there is the same word that is used for when the veil was torn in two. This is a very violent act during the crucifixion. The veil is torn in two. It says the heavens were parted. It's the same word as the veil being torn in two. The heavens were ripped open. This was a violent thing. And it says the Holy Spirit descended as a dove and came to rest upon Jesus. Rest upon him. Come rest on us. He's a dove. Doves are very, scare, scare, uh, very easy to scare away. Have you ever walked around the corner and there's a dove there and you, and you fly away? Holy Spirit, you can, you can easily get the Holy Spirit to just leave. Careful. A seal, set me as a seal upon your arm. Oil, Psalm 133, the, the anointing upon Aaron, let it run down upon the beard, let it run down upon the cloak. Oil is, is another symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so we have all of these symbols of the Holy Spirit. So this week, as you're reading your word, pay attention to when you see the words wind, fire, water, dove, seal, oil, and a lot of times those are symbols of what's to come. Another symbol, wine. In the, in the, in the book of Revelations, it says, do this and do that, but do not touch the oil and the wine. Don't touch the anointing. Glory to God. All right, let's jump back into John chapter 6, 16. And when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. He's judged. It's under. It's done. He's been judged. He's been found guilty. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, we, we, we read that was one of the names. When he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. I have things that I need to say to you guys, but you're not ready to hear them. This is what Jesus is saying. I have things, um, this is Pastor Matt, I have things that I need to preach to you guys, but you guys aren't ready to hear it yet. <laughs> Maybe small groups of place. Ha! Oh, baby. But when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you in all truth. All truth. Everything you need to know, he's got the answer. Everything you need to know, he's got the answer. Everything you need to know, he has the answer, and he'll tell you. For he will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit is God, and he rules over all, and he's not going to speak on his own authority. He's going to speak on the authority of the Father who's seated in heaven. He's going to speak on the authority of Jesus Christ because the Father gave all authority to the Son, and now the Son sent the Holy Spirit in His name and in His place, and He's given the whole, Jesus has given the Holy Spirit what God told Him so that the Holy Spirit can tell you what the Father told Jesus to tell you that Jesus didn't get to tell you. Be 
Because he's God. Because the Holy Spirit can be trusted just like Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit has wisdom just like the Father. My favorite, I have, I have two, uh, I have all these favorite scriptures. <laughs> two of my favorite scriptures regarding the Holy Spirit. One is, it will not be forgiven. Any, if you blaspheme the Son, it will be forgiven you. But you will not be forgiven if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, if you speak poorly or badly about the Holy Spirit. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I hope that drills the fear of God into you. One of my favorite scriptures regarding the Holy Spirit. It won't be forgiven you if you speak badly about the Holy Spirit. Don't do it. Shake in your boots. You better believe it. Guys, if we are, sins aren't forgiven, we can't go to heaven. This is a big issue. It's a huge issue. Huge. My other favorite scripture about the Holy Spirit is when the apostles have been walking with the Holy Spirit for some time, and they say, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. The apostles had been walking with the Holy Spirit for some time, and, the, and they say, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. This is one of my favorite scriptures regarding the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it shows a level of maturity that the disciples had come to where they didn't need to be asking God for everything, but they were still asking God, Holy Spirit, for permission, and the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do that. Yeah, that's good. Go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Holy Spirit, should I talk to this person? Uh-huh. Holy Spirit, should I talk to that person? Uh-huh. Holy Spirit, should I talk to that person? Uh-huh. Holy Spirit, should I go help that person? Yep. Holy Spirit, should I, should I, should I, should I? And then he'll just say, nope, don't do that. Paul gets, Paul gets all amped up, and he wants to go preach the gospel, and he says he goes to go to this city, and the Holy Spirit said no. And he's like, all right, I'll go to this city. And he said no. All right, I'll go to this city. No. I'll go to this city. No. It's like four times the Lord told him no. God told him. The Holy Spirit told him no, 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 no. And then the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, go to this city. Paul's like, okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> but one of my favorites is where they're like, it seemed good to us in the Holy Spirit. I figured it out on my own. I checked with the Holy Spirit. He said yes. We're doing it. I love it. Guys, it just doesn't get any better than this. God doesn't, oh, watch. God doesn't want us to be a people. God doesn't want us to be a people that he's got to lead by our noses and by our hands for the rest of our lives. He wants us to grow up and be mature and to know what God wants done without him having to tell us. I get sick and tired of telling my kids when they were younger. I get sick and tired because they're older now. They're all moved out of the house. We're almost empty. I get sick and tired of telling my kids to take out the trash. I just want you to know that it needs to be done and do it. Come on. Come on. Grow up. You need to, you, Pastor Steve, you need to be able to ready to be able to ready to. Dear Lord Jesus. At this point in your lives, you should be eating meat, and yet you still need to feed on the milk. This is what we heard last week. I love that scripture about the Holy Spirit. Where am I at? How did we get here? The Spirit of truth, he'll come, he'll speak to you. My favorite scripture, that's what it was. Okay. Saved it. Jesus goes on. 14, 15, he, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. 
All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and he will declare it to you. Everything that Jesus had, he's like, he, here, Holy Spirit, you do it. Not that Jesus didn't want to, not that Jesus couldn't, but it's, now, it's, now it's the Holy Spirit's time, right? When we, when we view the, when we read about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was on Elijah, the Holy Spirit was on Elijah, right? And so as the Holy Spirit was on all of these different people, generally it's very few people that are getting the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. When it comes to the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's poured out wholesale. Everyone can have them. Everyone can get them. You want them, you got them. Here he comes. You ready? All things that the Father has are mine, therefore, and he gives them to the Holy Spirit. It also says that Jesus says to the disciples, everything that's been given to me, I give to you. Are we making use of what Jesus has given us? This far through John and in the epistles of Paul, as they talk about the Holy Spirit, it's very soteriological in function. And what that means is, because that's a huge word, right? Nobody, I don't even know what that word, I, I knew. I, I had, before college, I didn't know what that word was. What it means is the Holy Spirit is working in you for salvation. These scriptures very much talk about that. Paul writes about this in the uh, epistles that he's written, that the Holy Spirit, the function of it, is primarily what Paul talks about, except for where he's talking about the gifts that come through the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's primarily talking about the soteriological or the salvation function of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes into you to sanctify you, to justify you, to do all of these things that are necessary for salvation, okay? So Paul writes this, and John writes this way here as he's writing down the words of Jesus. But Luke has a different, different approach Luke writes about the, soter uh, the, the pneumatological, pneumatological, pneumatological. And what that means is it's the, the, it's the second filling. It's a power for witness, and it's signs to authenticate the gospel. Paul stays almost, almost, in, almost singularly in this strain of power for witness, Holy Spirit, Acts 2, power will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea. The power comes on you that, that you could do miracle signs and wonders through God. The power comes on you. The Holy Spirit comes upon you for reasons that the Holy Spirit wants you to. Reasons for ministry. Signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the preaching of my gospel. The, the Holy Spirit comes upon you to authenticate, to show signs and wonders, to authenticate the preaching of the gospel when it goes out. And for years, theologians have had problems with the fact that Paul and Luke don't line up in their theology of who the Holy Spirit is and what the function is. Guys, there's no problem. It's not either or, it's both and. The Holy Spirit comes the whole, Bill, Bill Johnson says it this way, this way. The Holy Spirit comes in you for you. The Holy Spirit comes on you for someone else. How many of us came through renewal? Holy Spirit came on us, and what did we do? We fell on the floor and we quaked. Did we ever share that Holy Spirit with someone else? 
No, not many of us. And that's, why, that's part of the reason why God shut the valve off on the renewal. But it's coming back. And it's not coming back in the same way where it's going to be wholesale all over the place. It's only going to be for those who are ready to go and ready to minister and ready to do something with the power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to pour out. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit is being poured out in great fashion, and we need to be able to apprehend it and use what God has given us for his glory so that he can be magnified, so that he can be lifted up. This has nothing to do about me. I pray and I see people healed. It has nothing to do about me. Guys, I have no idea how to heal people other than the fact that I know Jesus heals, and so I pray and Jesus heals. And God credits it to me. How does this work? I mean, I know how it works from what I'm reading, but why would God set it up that way? The Holy Spirit is in you for you. The Holy Spirit is on you for someone else. This covers both the soteriological and the pneumatological aspects of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. He's in you for salvation. He's in you, working and willing for his good pleasure. He's in there. Holy Spirit's in there. And he's just tugging on your heart saying, you got to get this sin out. You got to get this sin out. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop saying that. Don't say that. Don't say that. This is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You heard him talking. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't act like that. Don't make your face look like that. No, really, don't make your face look like that. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon you for ministry so that you can serve others. It says when Jesus came up out of the water after being baptized, it says the Holy Spirit came, descended upon him like a dove, and it came and it rested upon him. The Holy Spirit rested upon him. And then he went out into the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he shows up, Back in town, what does he say? He quotes Isaiah 6. Guys, I just get so excited. He quotes Isaiah 6. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set free the brokenhearted, to heal up the brokenhearted. The prisoners are going to have a jailbreak. This is what Jesus said. He said, the Holy Spirit is upon me for all of you. If Jesus is saying it, guys, how much more true is it for us? Holy Spirit comes on me. It's fantastic. And it's all for you. And you. And you. And you. And you. And the thousand million other people. And this is what God, this is the way the kingdom works. This is the way the kingdom works. The Holy Spirit's in me for me. Holy Spirit comes upon me for someone else. That's fine. Listen, that's fine. I'll serve all day. I'll give out the Holy Spirit wholesale. If I, if I knew how to give it out by the bucket load and by the tractor trailer load and by the plane load and by the train load and by the boat load, I absolutely would because it's fun. All I have to do is be around the Holy Spirit and it's a good time. I don't, even have to, I don't even have to hold that thing that he's given me. I just get to grab a hold of it from heaven and throw it out on the earth and I'm like, man, that was great. Did you see that? Holy cow, I don't think I've ever been in a better place. Whew, Disney World's got nothing on this. Glory to God. All right, let's wrap this up. Acts 1, 4 and 5. Uh, we're going to start in 4. We're going to read through a bit. This is Jesus as uh, he's, he's returned to them. 
he's taught them on the kingdom for 40 days, right? So we have to know that Jesus has been teaching his disciples. He's risen. He's come back from the grave, and he's met with them. He's been teaching them for 40 days on the kingdom. This is very important because in verse 7, they ask him a question. He's teaching on the kingdom, and he says this. He says, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. It's a promise from God the Father. The Holy Spirit is a promise, is the promise from God the Father. God the Father promised that he would do this. This is the promise of the Father. It's being poured out right now. We've been waiting for a promise. Here it is. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When, when you're baptized, guys, in water, because I think most of you, there's a few people who have signed up for baptism here, but I think most of us have been baptized. And so if you've been baptized, what happens? We got a little pool. We set it up over here. You step into it, and we immerse you fully right down. Blub, 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 blub. Okay, we're good. Yeah. We didn't hold him down too long. We didn't use up all his breath. You're submerged. When you come up out of the water, water's dripping off of you. It's literally running off of you, right? You're wet, right? You don't have to ask, hey, what happened? You know, there's a pool in the room. I'm wet. What do you think? How do you think I got this wet? Pastor Matt didn't just take his cup and just dump water on me. This won't get you that wet. He's really, they're really, I mean, you guys know. You guys have all done it, right? You're soaked through to the bone. I mean, you're, everything, that, all, every item of clothing is completely 100% wet. If you went in with shoes, your socks are wet. And you're squishing. Right? Anything you're wearing, man, it's wet. Your hair is wet. Your makeup came off if you put it on. Don't do that. You're wet. You're, you're completely saturated to the bone. You look at somebody and you're like, you're wet. Oh, that's a good observation. Yeah. yeah. You're smart. Same thing with the Holy Spirit, guys. When, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it shows. You don't have to ask. You know, somebody's baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you're like, what, what's going on over there? It, it, well, I mean, you may ask what's going on over there, because it could be, you know, the Holy Spirit moves in unusual ways. But it's clear that there's something going on. It's very recognizable. This is not normal, people, right? Why is it, inter why is it that when somebody comes up from being baptized, right, it's not normal to walk around soaking wet? That's not normal. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will do things that are not normal, right? Because it's not normal. It's just, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit, it's supernatural. It's beyond what's natural. And so this is why many times you speak in your, your spiritual language. You speak in tongues. These aren't ordinary tongues of fire. These are tongues of fire sent by the Holy Spirit. You can do unusual things. And I'm not giving license that we do weird things, but unusual things happen promise of the Father. So here we talked about the fact that Jesus had, had um, 
shared about the kingdom of Israel, kingdom of God, not Israel, the kingdom of God for 40 days, and says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, this is the very next verse, he tells them, wait for the, wait for the Holy Spirit, and he's, so they, now they have a question, they said, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus wasn't even talking to them about the kingdom of Israel. He was talking to them about the kingdom of God. He was talking to them about the kingdom of heaven. He was talking to them about a, a spiritual kingdom. And they immediately transformed it into a natural kingdom. Jesus is beyond rebuke at this, rebuking them at this point, right? He's just taught them for 40 days. If, if they haven't figured it out now, I'm not, not going to. Maybe the Holy Spirit can get through to them, right? I'm sure that this is what he's thinking. I've had enough of telling my kids, maybe my wife can get through to the kids. <laughs> yeah, bring the Holy Spirit. Come on. Oh. <clears throat> Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom in Israel? And he just simply says, you know what? It's not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority. He just simply dismisses the question. He's not going to rebuke them anymore. I'm sure he's like, listen, this, this is my final words to you. I'm not going to be mean about it. I'll just... I know the Holy Spirit's coming. I'm sure, he can get it. I, I'm sure he can get it through to you. I'm sure you'll figure it out in a minute. The Acts 1, and then he, he reiterates and he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The coming of the Holy Spirit is marked with power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. The Holy Spirit comes, you receive power, power, power. You receive power, power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to do supernatural things. And you shall be my witnesses. And so from the very early days of the Pentecostal movement, from the days of Azusa Street moving forward, the Pentecostals, as we call them, had a, 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 an unholy or a very holy idea about witnessing and sharing the gospel. And the Pentecostal movement has actually been the birthing agent for the modern missions movement. Why do people go and run all across the globe to share the gospel? It's because of the Pentecostals, guys because of what happened on Azusa Street, and it continues to this day. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, I think it was 1907, somebody correct me if I'm wrong if you know. Anyways, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Azusa Street in LA, Los Angeles, California, 1907, poured out, gone around the globe. Why? Because that's what God wanted it to do. The preacher that was in Azusa Street, LA, was actually from the Midwest, South, right? And God called him and he winds up in LA and he gets there and the church was like, no, we can't have this. And so they kick him out. And so they find a little shed and they're like, hey, we can have church here. They find an old warehouse actually. That's where we are. They find an old warehouse and they're like, hey, we'll have church here. The Holy Spirit's poured out. They're in LA, which is a transportation hub for the world at the point in time. 1907. And so people are just 
coming in. They're, 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 they're moving around. They, they come through L.A. They're like, I'm going to Azusa Street. I'm going to see what's going on here. They, they see it. They hear it. They feel it. They catch the fire, and they go running across the globe. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go bring this back to India. I'm going to go bring this back to China. I'm going to go bring this back to Britain. I'm going to go bring this back to wherever it is I'm from, and it went around the world. Glory to God. This isn't the first time in church history, this isn't the first time in church history that people spoke in tongues and that the Holy Spirit was poured out. We can mark through church history that it's happened at least four other times. None of them lasted as long as the Pentecostal movement. Why? Because they weren't based in the word. What was different about the Holy, what was different about the Pentecostal movement, Azusa Street, 1907, is that they used the word of God and they did what the word of God said. It says right here in Acts chapter 2 that they spoke in other tongues. And today, God is no different. The Holy Spirit is the same. And so what they experienced there, I can experience here. And so Holy Spirit comes, tongues of fire, all these miracles, signs, and wonders happening, and they're on fire to witness, and they go around the globe just witnessing because they can't contain themselves. But they always stayed founded in the Word, and this is why the Pentecostal movement continues today to this day. As a matter of fact, the, the Pentecostal movement, I mean, we've kind of changed the word because the Pentecostal movement got a little funny, and so they changed the word, but the Pentecostal movement is the fastest growing movement in the world today. Fastest growing religion in the world today. Faster than Islam by three times, I believe. Pentecostal movement, fastest growing religion in the world. And we're part of it. Come on. This is good news. This is glorious news. This is the news. This is the news. God is alive on planet earth. His Holy Spirit is working on planet earth. Holy Spirit is moving. Don't believe the fear. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe what the news is telling you. If you are afraid because of what you're listening to on the news, then you need to turn that off and you need to pick this up. What are you feeding on? If you're listening to the, the news more than you're reading your Bible, of course you're going to be depressed and it's your own fault. I can only say it so many times, but I'm going to say it again and again and again. We need to turn off the enemy, and we need to pick up on what God's Spirit is sending. We need to pick up on what God is saying in this day and in this hour. The enemy's saying, you're going to die. You're going to suffocate. And Jesus says, you're healed. The enemy's saying, it's one world government from here on out. And Jesus is saying, I've got my kingdom. I've got my king on my holy hill. And he's got a rod. He's got a rod to rule. Come on. The enemy's saying, you can't do it. And Jesus is saying, I already did it. I already did it. Take what I've done. I've done it for you. Embrace me. We'll do it together. It's a commission. The enemy is saying, shut up. And Jesus is saying, shout it from the rooftops. Shout it from the rooftops. 
You go out in that street, you tell everybody you know about Jesus, you tell them you got the hope of glory in you. Why am I so happy? Because I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. I've got the hope that it springs eternal. His mercies are new every morning. It doesn't matter what I went through yesterday. He's new today. He's new today. Come on. Come on. Do we believe what we read? Do we believe what we read? Glory to God. Glory to God. Ah, man, these aren't ordinary tongues of fire. They're unusual. This is unusual. Holy Spirit is alive and well on planet Earth. The Holy Spirit is alive and well on, in the inside of me and most of you. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to do that in the weeks to come. We're not going to do that today. Uh, so we will have a baptism. We're going to have a water baptism coming up if you, if you have... If you have signed up, we'll be reaching out to you this week uh, to, to attempt to set a date for that. Uh, also, baby dedication. So we'll be, we, if we haven't reached out to you already, we'll be reaching out to you. We will be, it's either next week or the following week, we're going, to, we're going to be praying for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So if you want it, come. If you want those tongues of fire that are not usual, come. We want, we want all of you. We want every person, as many as would have it, to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that we might go and do what the Lord has called us to. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on me, I'm ready for ministry. I can do it in my own strength, but I can get tired and I can get worn out. When the Holy Spirit comes on me, I can do supernatural things, and then God's at work, and now no man can stop me. What can men do? I have the Holy Spirit. Good God. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here in the midst of us today. Holy Spirit, we pray that we would come to know you in a better fashion. God, that we would see you for who you are. That we would fellowship with you, God, Holy Spirit. That we would listen for your promptings. God, I pray that when we get out of the car, to go into the store where we need to pick up something or work or wherever it is that we're getting out of our car to go. I pray that we would remember your Holy Spirit in that moment. I pray that you would fill us afresh right there in that car, in the parking lot, that we would have a Holy Ghost meeting, that you would fill our cars with the Shandekana glory cloud. God, that we would step out of our vehicle full of the Holy Spirit ready to meet needs of people that we see and embrace. God, I pray that you would just set this church on fire like never before. I pray that uh, this would be part of the, the later days outpouring, God, and that, God, we would see your glory manifested in all of the earth, that your gospel, that you would receive glory, that you would receive praise, that men would be drawn to you because of what you do in us. God, I pray that you would uh, show us what it is in my life that distracts me from being in your Holy Spirit more. God, there's things that I do that distract me from your Holy Spirit. God, put your finger on those things, I pray. Show me, speak to me. God, I want them gone because I want more of you. You're the one that I want. You're the one that I need. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Holy Spirit, come and fill these vessels. Fill us till we overflow. Fill us till we overflow and we pour out all over the place. Come rest on us, God. Come rest on us, Holy Spirit.
Come and do what only you can do. God, we could preach without you for a thousand years and never save anybody. But God, we could preach with you for one second and say Mary had a little lamb and the whole world would come. God, we pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit upon us in this moment and in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.